Hello there. My my name is Chris Cusso. I am a writer at trustyhenchman.com and uh, I am the man of the hour, the man with the power, and too sweet to be sour. <laughs> Where do you get these from? That's a lie. I am continually sour. <laughs> You're a sour patch kid that never gets sweet on the inside. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I spend too much time trying to find these, so don't ask. <laughs> Uh, I'm Nicole Lamb, and uh, I'm the jolliest of ranchers. Ooh, you're such a sweet thing. I'm such a sweet thing, with just a unique taste that you can't get mm -hmm. anywhere else. And full of high fructose corn syrup, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are you doing, Nicole? Um, doing okay. Doing okay. okay. Hanging in there. Yeah. Um, for those who might care i don't know 20 of you that listen uh this this episode has been recorded far away from the last couple because uh i think the last time we recorded was january 9th mm -hmm. or something and like we're that in february and, now <laughs> in the middle yeah, of it <laughs> and uh things have been very busy due to numerous reasons um but we finally got back together and we are gonna just ramble on about useless things <laughs> yeah you know, the huge. The huge. We've got some the weird yush. ideas, and we've maybe watched yeah. or read things that we want to talk about, so. Yeah, yeah. one or two things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I figure we could start with an old note that I wrote down. So I have finally finished all of The Next Generation. And, um, but I made this note many, many, many months ago, and I had noticed early on that there's an ensign uh, that replaces Wesley Crusher as like kind of a regular on-screen pilot to the show. And it's a young black woman and it takes a while. They never say her name until I think the episode called Phantasms, which is like way later in the series. And her name is Ensign Gates. And she is in like over well over 40 episodes. And not once does she ever get any kind of spotlight and she has maybe one line and if you look up uh the memory alpha fandom for star trek that line i think is course plotted sir and that's the only memorable quote they have for her um but she constantly is there putting up with the Riker's bullshit. And uh, there, there's there's an episode where, like, they're having one of their powwows on the bridge. And it's Riker, Picard, and Data. And they're doing the whole, uh, what possible scientific reason could this thing be for this thing to do? And she's, she's in frame. And she's just kind of keeping busy. But, like, they're just all talking. And I think Riker's got his leg up like he always does. And there's just, like, she is surrounded by the three whitest men who are just, won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, oh, Ensign Gates, when will you have your time? Um, she was played by actress uh, Joycelyn Robinson. And, uh, I mean, she did, she was also a stunt double. Oh, that's um, cool. She performed stunts in Star Trek uh, VI, The Undiscovered Country. Um, she was a stand-in and stunt double for uh, I Iman. Iman? I forget that actress's name. Um, Iman? And she did. Iman? Yeah. Wait, she no, no. She's doubles. in. 
Is she an actress or just a model? David Bowie's wife? She's a model. She was in Star Trek. Oh. Though. She she was the one that was trying to seduce Kirk. And I think she was a shapeshifter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, she, I mean, she's been super active. Back in 2005, she was a winner along with her then husband on the seventh season of The Amazing Race. Oh. Um, and they even returned for the 11th season. And uh, yeah, she's she's just been in a bunch of stuff. And she was in Naked Gun 33 and a third. Huh. And um, so now it's just like, why why didn't you give her just a one shot or put her in that below decks episode where they dealt with, you know, like four different random people on the Enterprise. And it's just like you couldn't even give her that one. Like, like son of a bitch. She's made it to the bridge, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. Give her a spotlight. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It just depressed the hell out of me. Like the more I saw her, I'm like. <gasps> Do something. <laughs> take control of the bridge. Everybody else gets shot by Romulans and you take control. Something. <laughs> or she spends and... so much time listening to these men just like pontificate about whatever. It's just like, what if like at some point she just is like, I've been observing your conversations and I've noticed these things. And she's got this like really great insight and they're all just like, oh, oh, no. yeah, no. that would that would solve it immediately. And she's like, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been here for 40 I've, goddamn yeah, she, episodes. <laughs> I've been here sitting t sitting listening to you guys. Nobody's ever asked me anything. I just so sit here controlling. I'm just pressing <laughs> these buttons here a lot, but I can I have mm -hmm. ears. I can hear. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yeah, on 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 my episode that I want to direct called Ensign Gates Saves the Universe. Uh, like Q shows up and does like all this, all his usual bullshit Q shit. And Picard is just kind of, you know, starting his arguments and she just raises her hand <laughs> and she points out something very, very obvious to Q. And he's like, oh, uh, yeah, that, that works too. Um, why am I not talking to her? Yeah, he's like, you <laughs> are not my greatest why? opponent. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, uh, can I can I just take her and she could be one of the Q continuum? And they're like, no, we need her to drive the ship. And Gates is <laughs> like, like, well, uh, actually, maybe, maybe this is a maybe. <laughs> what kind of benefits this... do you have? <laughs> <laughs> uh, godhood, and she's like, hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm, sounds pretty mm -hmm. good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I and here's the thing. I know. I mean, I'm not that plugged into the Star Trek community. So for all I know, somewhere there was like a MySpace group <laughs> years ago that was just like the Ensign Gates uh, fandom. Um, I mean, she did uh, like conventions and stuff. Uh, I I see that she did like a, a promotional tour for Deep Space Nine, which she wasn't in, as far as I could tell. Um, so, I mean, like, you know, she was she was a valued member of, you know, when, when they did all that stuff. But, uh, oh, I'm just looking at her details here and it's like characters, Anson Gates, Excelsior Crewman, dead body. Oh. It's like, oh. <sighs> um, you know, her story is but, like a lot of people's story in Hollywood. It's like you you might get a bunch of roles, but they never quite break through, you know? she She's never credited. On the actual episodes. Really? You know? Not even credited. Yeah. So she's just like an extra kind of. Yeah, she's noted as a background actress, a stand-in and stunt double. Huh. 
And he's like, okay. I want more Ensign Gates. <laughs> so, this is where comic book webtoon fandom comes in. <laughs> give a, give us the yeah. stories we can't see on, on the screen. Well, they have that show, the current Below Deck show, and which I haven't watched any. Maybe she is in there. I know it takes place down their timeline, but on the Enterprise. But it would be great if at some point they just have uh, – they meet Captain Gates. You know, like she's just been promoted in the background and then she's like Admiral Gates and they're just like, wait a minute, you were always just on the bridge and weren't doing anything. She's like, I listen. Yeah. She's like, I kept my head down and I got through and here I am now. <laughs> I just brokered a peace treaty with the Romulans again. Y'all need to shut up. And let me do my work. <laughs> I think that's your favorite uh, kind of character is the like yes. <laughs> the disgruntled captain that's just like I got this shut up. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Um oh it's also uh let's see here. I was going to point out that her name is actually derived from Gates McFadden who played yeah. Dr. Beverly Crusher. Nice. So, yeah. So, yeah. Ensign Gates saves the galaxy, saves the universe, saves fucking reality. <laughs> Make it happen. Maybe she can come in in the Picard show and be like, hey, why are we killing everybody when we're supposed to be peaceful? Why is what oh, are we doing I, here? And then she saves the day. <laughs> I don't want to punish her by putting her on that oh, show. Okay, that's true. She's, she's been punished enough. She had to she's deal with Riker enough. and his weird leg <laughs> thing that he does. Exactly. Yeah, him always doing his uh, – what's, what's the rum captain – What's that pose? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's doing that stupid thing every time. It's, it's, it's like, just a, like, she's it's just like, like a dog on a fire hydrant, except no urine comes out, you know? <laughs> yeah. And he tries to mount your seat weird. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> not Riker fans, I guess. I thought he was fine. No. But, you no, know. I, but you're not a fan. I'm not a fan. <laughs> he, he, was, he was a total bitch in that one episode where Picard got kidnapped by the Cardassians and tortured the one with like the three lights, four lights or whatever, five lights. I don't know. Lots of lights in that one. And um, they have a replacement captain who runs the ship entirely different. He's the one that forced Troy to wear a goddamn uniform. And she always wore it after that point. And uh, Troy or uh, Riker is basically a petulant child who refuses to do anything the entire episode. And he tries to... I don't know, have like a moral victory with that captain. But it turns out that captain was right every step of the way. It's just that he did everything differently. And the Enterprise was a lax ship, you know? So, I don't know. That, that episode in particular was just like, shut up, Riker. Ah, go away. Why are there two of you in this universe? Why did there have to be a, a, a teleporter cloning accident that doubled you? We could have gotten doubles of Gates McFadden. Mm -hmm. Jeez. Yeah. Beverly Crusher. Beverly. <laughs> Beverly. <laughs> so, so I think that's all we've got for uh, uh, Ensign Gates. For the under, underappreciated. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you have a particular topic or do we want to talk about killing stormtroopers? Yeah, we're going to talk about killing stormtroopers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so a lot of times in the Star Wars universe, it's, you know, these are the good guys, clearly. These are the bad guys, clearly. With, like, things like Rogue One, we get a little more gray area Star Wars stuff. And so we're thought, 
Well, what if you take that even further and the good guys are actually very extreme in their methods, say, like, inglorious bastard style, mm-hmm. <laughs> and hence the idea was born? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, was, I was thinking... So, you know, you have in the original trilogy Alderaan, and then when you get to the next trilogy, or not, not, not the prequel trilogy, but the one after that, you have it when the um, First Order blows up, like, what, six planets all at once? Something like that. And so there's a certain point where it's like, okay, even when the Empire falls or the First Order falls or whatever, you're still going to have bare minimum hundreds of thousands of, of leftover stormtroopers. Um, I think more monks, millions, you know, and it sure would be nice if you hunt them down and killed them all. Just saying, even the interns, because once you hook your, hook your ship to uh, blowing up a planet and killing millions, it's time to go. And, uh, <laughs> just saying yeah and there's you know? there's a point in in like the mandalorian which takes place between episode six and episode seven um where you're seeing the fall of the empire but people are still around there's still you know active sites where they're doing experimentation or whatever they're trying to like get their power back up again and so yep. there's a lot of run-ins with that and so that's that's your time to go on a mm. on a hunt you know yep well and the thing is it's like you have to believe that there were either within the rebellion or outside of the rebellion, somebody had their entire family on Alderaan and they don't give a shit about overthrowing the rebellion or the, the empire for peace or democracy or anything. They just want to fucking kill some sons of bitches. Mm-hmm. And I, I, just want and a story because I, I don't think there has been within the comics or any of the shows or anything like that. Um, and it just would be entertaining to me because you, you would get into that, those moral gray areas. Um, and you would have, you know, this, this one, uh, hunter. Empire Hunter, who basically is willing to do anything to kill as many people associated with the Empire as possible. Um, and then he would be scouring the galaxy for like-minded individuals. And you get this crew of just vicious Nazi hunters, essentially. And you might um, be getting that with some of the stuff that's coming out of like the TV show, because Cassian in Rogue One, I know you don't like that movie, but it's the one reference mm-hmm. I have for for kind of going forward with this idea. Um, yeah. He said, you know, that he's he's done some things he's not proud of, you know, he's gone to some dark places for the rebellion, you know, for the mm-hmm. for the greater good. And so it's like there are people out there who are doing that kind of stuff, oh, yeah. right? And it's not just like Jedi good, um, you know, Sith bad, you know, it's not yeah. just this bigger scale epic war. See, I go and I want a main character who doesn't even say something along the lines of I've done some things I'm not proud of. Pride is no longer a factor, mm. nor is morality, only vengeance. To the point where eventually they meet a Sith, and a Sith's like, hey, (laughs) 
um maybe you come over here you you, you got you got some good thing going for you here you got some good energies like, well, you, <laughs> yeah i like the vibes yeah. you're putting out and and they're just like well does this mean i could kill more empire and they're like hmm maybe we talk about that maybe maybe sith don't have to be empire yeah then you have something yeah. a little bit more interesting there right Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like the idea of the Sith wearing like a t-shirt that says murder vibes only. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, yes. Laid back Sith. That's just kind of like, look, man, we've been tied to this whole fascist state. Not quite working. <laughs> Maybe we do the Joker method. Maybe we go a little bit more anarchy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. It still works for their brand, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, the thing is you can bring in tons of bounty hunters. Uh, you know, they, they have no qualms about hiring bounty hunters and bounty hunters. Uh, they'll take that money if it just means killing people. Yeah. Mercenary just need a paycheck, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mercenary just need a paycheck. Give me them credits, yo. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just couldn't think of a good name for it, for this, this show or concept or book or whatever. You know, because uh, I don't know if I would want to call it Republic Revenge Squad, because like I said, they don't care if they're associated with the Republic anymore. You know, maybe they're a, of a rogue allegiance. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Even then, you think the Republic would sue them. They're like, hey, rogue squad or dart thing. <laughs> I just realized Republic Revenge Squad is RRS. <laughs> RRS feed. Um <laughs> Yeah. Stormtrooper Kill Squad is STS. <laughs> Not quite right. I mean, I think uh, your, fir your first off the cuff thing was Imperial Hunters. So they're like bounty yeah. hunters, but they're not really out for the money. They're out for the, the murder. Well, it sounds kind of like Nazi hunters. Yeah. So Imperial Hunters. Yeah, that, that works pretty good. Um, yeah, maybe maybe simple is better on that one. So, you know, this it's just a, a fledgling idea. Um, it's the kind of thing that I can see eventually being picked up somewhere, you know, because it's an easy enough concept to, to work with. Mm -hmm. um, and it lets you get into the underbelly of the Star Wars universe. I was going to say the Star Trek universe. And it, um, and it gets to, like, probably <laughs> more common folk, too, right? I mean, people who have been... Um, devastated yes. by the effects of it and so you don't have this the big epic fairy tale that it is because i mean yeah. a lot of the star wars comics and novels and all these things expanded on lots of other areas of the universe and so if you want to keep the star wars thing going this is just one aspect yeah. of it well and one of the ideas i like about it too is like you you could have sequences where you know they start kind of working in the seedy underbelly of things and they come across like one of the huts and they may have crossed the hut but when the hut finds out what they're doing the hut's like hey i had a sister on that planet and they took her from me so you tell me what you need and you bring me the head of the guy who pushed a button mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um because I know Vader's dead or I know whoever the Fergaveri is dead. But, like, somebody pushed that button and they're still out there. Yep. And I want them dead. You could get a lot of different interesting um, allies, too. Right? Yes, Just in general. Exactly. Like, people who yeah. might have allegiances one way or the other and they're, mm -hmm. you know. 
and people who would turn a blind eye in certain cases because they're just like, yeah, no, you do need to exist, you know. Right. Somebody, somebody needs to uh, clean the slate of all the scum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've seen um, in The Mandalorian and in the most recent prequels of 7, 8, and 9 of people who had worked for Empire slash First Order or something like that and have had a turnaround, right? We've seen that in Finn. We saw that in Bill Burr's character in The Mandalorian where he's seeking revenge on his superior in the spur of the moment spontaneously. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and that would also offer some great conflict because they could come across those people and but that overall idea of like, I don't care if you're looking for redemption, you are still on the wrong side. Mm-hmm. And and so like, do they let them go? Do they recruit them so that they're close on hand so they can murder them when it's time? Like, what do you do? Right. You know, and then within the squad itself, they may have some people that were like initially down with the idea, but they're, you know, they, they come across like, what about the janitor? on the Death Star, you know, it's like, that guy didn't really, and it's just, the leader is just like, no, you took that money, mm-hmm. time to die, you know? Um, so you would have inner conflicts within the squad over like, how how hard do we go? Right. You right. Know? When like, a lot of people have been cogs in the system, right? Like, yeah, they've been swept exactly. up by it, you know, people who have been blackmailed or extorted into into participating in creating Death Stars or the janitor who might have come from a planet where (laughs) it was really tough there. And, you know, just like a lot of people in America enlist in the military because they're they're hoping for a better life out of that. And he needed to feed his family or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it could be one of those things because in the Garth Ennis Boys series, in the comic book series, there's there's like one really great conflict where uh, they they have a device that can possibly kill all of the supers at some point, like blow up their heads. And, uh, you know, they there's a little cut bit of conflict there of like, that's that's just as bad. That's worse. That's mass murder. And not all of them are bad. But that doesn't matter. To, to the main character butcher so you could have sequences like that where it's like maybe they get like a doomsday button that turns all of the droids in the empire into murder machines to kill them on site but it's just like well that would also take out a lot of other people and the the head of the group is just like what's your point exactly <laughs> yeah. i mean you see in like um i guess it was episode eight that really the really the, the, the messiest one maybe that they're were the kids who worked at the casino, they worked like in the stalls with the race yeah. animals, you know, them having the little symbol or something. It's like the future generations who have been thrown into these really bad situations, child labor, whatever. It's like them growing up and yeah. being a part of it. Maybe they know inside information like the war, the industrial complex that, you know, continues all this stuff and gives people the ships and all that stuff. And it's all these rich right. people. It's like, I know this guy and you can get in and what, you know, just making that sort of stuff interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and <Yes>. relevant. <laughs> Unlike that episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instead, it was like, see hope. And it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Look at the little kid using the force on the broom. Yeah. Aw. Just like, no, you could have done something really interesting with that. Like yeah. it does. It's a, it did give me a little glimmer of just like, oh, yeah, that's keeping it alive. But like it just unfortunately fell a little flatter in that movie, you know, like having time yeah. is not on on the side of 
these movies looking better because they didn't have any plan and right. they didn't yeah. make it a they didn't execute it as well because they were just kind of flying by the seat of their pants and it showed mm-hmm. you know still not as bad as some people make them out to be but yeah i still had fun with every single episode and it just became more and more apparent that I couldn't like go a hundred percent in like these are amazing or something like that. Right. It's like yeah. I had my fun. It has its problems, and hopefully <laughs> we learn from this and can make better stuff in the future. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like Murder Squad. <laughs> Murder Squad. <laughs> exactly. Let's just call it that. Murder, Murder Squad. Murder Squad. Uh, so yeah, uh, Imperial Hunters. Um, that almost. <laughs> I don't know. This sounds like a, a History Channel kind of thing. <laughs> right, right after American Pickers is Imperial Hunters, and uh, <laughs> uh, mysticism in the First Order. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. The esoteric uh, connection to Gingerman, whatever his name is. Gingerman. I don't know who that is. The Ginger First Order leader. I don't know what his name oh, is. Oh, Gingerman. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> You're like a gingerbread man? No, I don't know. Yeah. No, that was literally exactly what I was It's the gingerbread man from Shrek. He grew up yes. and he became part of the First Order and he- But he's wearing all of the leather that Kylo Ren was <laughs> and- <laughs> <laughs> He too has a very square torso. Yes. <laughs> yes. He understands the ridicule firsthand. First hand of the first order. First hand, yeah. first order. I remember his voice being high and screechy, so apologies for what's about to happen on the uh, mic- microphone here. But he's just like, I want them dead. Oh, oh no. Yeah, get rid of that. <laughs> but he was a fierce little gingerbread guy, so it worked. He was a fierce little guy. Please do edit out that attempt at a voice. <laughs> I cannot do high-pitched voices anymore. No. No. No, that's... Puberty did its job. It is no longer... <laughs> A thing I can do. I think you could do Pinky in the Brain when I first met you. And then like, I think a year or two afterwards, it was done. That was it. Although you make that sound like I hit puberty only a year or two after. Look, you're a late bloomer. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. (laughs) No, no, no. I think you just, uh, your vocal cords are, they, that was it. That was the last moment that that they would accommodate you in that. And they're like, we can't anymore. Yeah, no more, no more narfs. <laughs> yeah, no more. No more zoits. No. <laughs> That's it. That's it. You can, you can maybe do like the terrible, terrible voice acting from the current Transformer series. Now we'll let you do that, but that's okay. <laughs> side, side tangent. I'm gonna do this for you real quick. So the current Netflix Transformers: War for Cybertron. It's not the worst thing, um, but. It does have this one problem, which is with the exception of Megatron and Starscream, everybody has the same voice. And everybody is so overwrought. And everything is slow and dramatic. Megatron, why do you want me dead? And it just goes on and on like that. And it drains the life out of you because you go back and you watch Gen 1 and besides Megatron and then Starscream and Soundwave and Shockwave all having great voices, they would just randomly tell somebody to make this Autobot, I don't know, a Texan. And you just got some or or you got a giant pterodactyl griffin and it has a 
kind of British voice and it's a narcissistic douchebag. And it's just going like, oh, my God, I can't believe you had me do this. Or you have, you know, the Texans or or whatever. Somebody just uh, make this guy a pirate. I don't know why. And you can tell the difference between each character. But now in this show, the pterodactyl griffin shows up and it's just like, Optimus, why have you arrived in this void in space and time? Do you have the Matrix? And it's just kind of like, it would be so much better if he was just like, Optimus, how you doing? You got the Matrix? It would be something different. Just something different. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know? Instead of just like, it sounds like there's four voice actors and one of them's doing the voice of 20 characters. I guess that's how you save money. Also, everyone is very tired. <laughs> oh, I mean, I get that. They have been doing this war for a while and it's dank and dreary and dark. So, like, I guess I probably too would be like, okay, we're going to go get the Allspark again. For the 15th time. <laughs> Let's go, Autobots. <sighs> Roll out. <laughs> Sometimes Optimus perks up a little and he turns into Christian Bale. And he's like, Megatron, where do you want to kill me? Where, where, where's the Energon? The Cybertron. That... Cybertronians deserve, but don't decide need to deserve. <laughs> if you did that all the time, even though it's not good, at least it would do something, you know. So, and tangent, tangent done. We've done pretty good. We've hit Star Trek, Star Wars, and Transformers. There we go. So the, the hashtags on this episode are going to be like... <laughs> Chef's kiss. <laughs> Chef's kiss. They might get us 30 listens instead of 20. Ooh, we're really <laughs> moving up in the world. <laughs> I know, yeah. Well, did you have a, uh, a different topic or a review or something you wanted to do? Uh. Yeah, I do. Oh, really? I had sent you sent you this um, through our digital conversations. The trailer for Survive Style Five. Yeah, um, yeah. I immediately looked on Amazon to see how expensive it was. I'll see it sometime later in the future. Oh, okay. Yeah, we rented it yes. from Scarecrow. Um, that and Wild Zero. So, so William has uh, kept a lot of his movie stubs over the years. And so he decided to compile them and just see like all the different movies he watched from like the early 90s on. The last the last few years have been kind of scattered because he just hasn't had a good col collection system. But anyway, through that, he saw a ticket and he was like, Wild Zero. He's like, oh, I bet you would like that. Um, and so when we went to Scarecrow, I grabbed it and watched it. And the premise is uh, this band called Guitar Wolf. And the members of the band are Guitar Wolf, Bass Wolf, and Drum Wolf. Already perfect. They have some kind of electricity superpowers, but then it's never really addressed. Um, a meteor hits the hits the Earth, and zombies uh, come out of that. And there are UFOs flying everywhere because you know the UFOs manipulated this to try to take out the humans. So 
So then you uh, meet a guy named Ace, and he's a very cool guy. He's got a really great, really great pompadour hair, kind of like 50s greaser style. And he rides a motorcycle. And he comes across this girl named Tobio, and she's a very cute little 90s girl. They kind of are smitten with each other, but they they end up um, going separate ways. And Guitar Wolf uh, breaks up with their management, uh, this really creepy guy who wears the hottest of hot pants that even have like little lace-ups on the side. See a little skin Ooh. action, and he has a bowl cut. Oh, it's a right. it's a lot. That's definitely a look. It's a lot of look, <laughs> and he's a he's a creepo or whatever. So they just break up for I don't know what reason. And Guitar Wolf goes on their way. They cross paths with Ace, and they're like, "Hey, you're a cool guy. Here's a whistle. If you're ever in trouble, just blow this whistle." And I don't know why, because that's and they become <laughs> blood brothers too. I forgot about that. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So you know it's legit. Um, zombie apocalypse happens, a bunch of other people kind of intertwine, and they all end up gathering together. Ace and Tobio, at some point, they're alone. They don't quite meet up with Guitar Wolf. He blows the whistle, but it takes, like, most of the movie for Guitar Wolf to find Ace. And so Tobio and Ace are, like, smitten with each other, and, like, Tobio decides that it would be a good idea to strip down uh, in front of Ace I guess, to Professor Love, which, I mean, I'm not opposed to this method, but it's a very risky one um, because it turns out that Tobio is a trans woman and she has some things, you know, that are surprising to Ace that are revealed through her naked body. And Mm -hmm. Ace kind of discombobulates. He can't, like, grapple with the fact that Tobio is a trans woman. Which is just a really interesting thing that this is in this movie. This Japanese movie um, is taking on, like, LGBT stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, Tobio's embarrassed, and so she runs runs away, and they get separated. But Ace, you know, as he's sitting in this room, he he's freaking out about it. And Guitar Wolf, I- I- an image of him, you know, like, it's like his conscience is Guitar Wolf because he really looks up to the main, the main guy. And so he's like, Ace! Love has no boundaries, rock and roll, you know, and he's just like, what are you doing? Like, you love Tobio, like, go for her, you know, like, true rock and roll is all about acceptance. And it's just this, like, really beautiful <laughs> moment nice. where there's, there's like, Ace, why are you judging? Like, just follow your heart, man. That's, that's the trueness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, it is, it does end up being a sweet love story at the end, too. Um, and there is acceptance and Ace comes to term with the fact that he loves her. And so what, why should anything get in the way of that? Um, so it was, you know, it was, it was really fun, very indie, you know, late nineties. Um, but it was a lot of fun. I think like old Nicole would have been like all over this and I'm kind of surprised I've never seen it. And so then when I watched like survive style five, there ended up being a gay, uh, story in there too. Um, it's a bunch of different stories that eventually kind of intertwine. It's, um, it's got a little bit more uh, space to it, so it feels kind of like a long movie, but overall it was very enjoyable. Um, mm. Some of the elements is like a guy who murders his wife and she keeps coming back as a zombie and they, and he has to keep trying to kill her. Then there's a, um, a hitman played by... Um, uh, oh, what's his name? Vinny... Oh, Vinny Jones. Vinny Jones. He's played by Vinny Jones. And the, and the guy who hired him... Um, is the his, his translator? Uh, hey, I saw some of that in the trailer, and I love. And it's it. great because like Vinnie Jones is like screaming at somebody, and the translator is trying so hard to keep up with him and like yeah. and speaking Japanese to the person who he's yelling at. <laughs> 
it's pretty great. And um, he is hired because another woman who is like this advertiser, marketing woman who comes up with these weird, like nobody likes them ideas. And she has a little voice recorder, like um, a magician who she was sleeping with. Um, is really crappy to her, and so she hires the hitman, but she wants it to be a foreigner, so they bring Vinnie Jones in. And then the magician wow. is like this just really, uh, really popular guy. Everyone is crazy for him, but he has, he's really weird and like sexual, but like kids love him. And it's not pedo at all, but it's just like he's just such an ego narcissist guy that he's just kind of doing his own thing. Like, yeah, I'll make the ladies come. He doesn't, by the way. <laughs> and then you have a family who gets tickets to this. Oh, he's not a magician. He's a hypnotist. Sorry. Gotcha, and gotcha, the gotcha. father gets hypnotized into being a chicken. And then he the hit comes down. Vinnie Jones kills him. And then the man stays a chicken and the family has to deal with it so it's like all these intertwined stories really good like visually it's very beautiful lots of cool colors and stuff like that and i think the uh what is it the director also did some other things that are a little bit more meditative too if i'm remembering his stuff correctly so kind of kind of art house um but still had had a lot of humor and just really really well done um i really really mm-hmm. enjoyed it and then oh i forgot there's um guys three guys the gay part is the three guys who end up trying to uh, rob uh, the family's house. But one of the guys is definitely gay and has a crush on the other guy. And every time they have this like moment where they're intensely looking at each other and the music that plays is, come, baby, come, come, baby. And oh my God, did I annoy my husband with that after we watched this movie. It is beautiful. If you watch a trailer nice. of it, it, that it will show in there. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, in the trailer I saw, there's a great part where the zombie dead wife yes. launches her fists or yes. her arm like a like a rocket. And that made me think of those old 70s like Mazinger toys yes. where they used to launch their fists. It's pretty I'm great. Like, oh, that's I, I definitely recommend it. I, you know, like, like I said, it's a little bit, it's got a bit of space to it. It feels um, a little, it feels a little long. So as long as you're, you're kind of tapped into just letting it all play out and and enjoy the experience then you'll enjoy it it's not it's not quite like black rainbow like this is just an art house piece it does have story and it does have you no, know it didn't yeah. yeah it has a different vibe from the trailer so yeah. and you get you get the to remember when cake covered the song i will survive you know which is lost to time almost i feel so hey. yeah that's good yeah. yeah i forgot all about yeah that. so it was really good and it just again nice. it was like how did oh, i cool. end up Getting these two things that I didn't, I, I didn't specifically get them because they were queer in any way, and yet they both ended up being that way. Wild Zero William did tell me the trans story, but I forgot it, and I was just like, oh, it just looks like something I'd want to watch. And Survive Style Five, I knew there was the comb, mm-hmm. but I didn't know like exactly how that would all play <laughs> out. So it must have been subconsciously like I got enough cues that I was like, yes, Nicole, you need to watch this. But also, I'm just like, oh, well, there you go. They did have a common actor. Oh, my God. William. He freaked me out. Oh. The door is slightly <laughs> closed. Or it's mostly closed with, like, a slight opening. And he stuck his face in the opening and said, And they had a common actor. <laughs> yeah. Um. And this guy's been in tons of stuff. Like, tons of stuff. When I looked at his IMDb. He's, like, this scrawny guy. And he usually is shown with, like, bad teeth. He plays the 
the gay character in Survive Style 5, and then he plays... There's a couple in Wild Zero I didn't talk about that are constantly fighting with each other, mm. and they just have this really awful relationship mm. that somehow kind of rounds itself out later, but I don't know, it oh, doesn't yeah. make sense. Anyway, I, I recommend both of those movies, but they're both very different. If you're into, like, punk indie film, then Wild Zero is going to be your jam. If you're into kind of art house, interesting, maybe a little more cerebral stuff, then well, it's not that cerebral, actually. Eh. It's unconventional as a movie. It's not cerebral. It's just... Um, different. Yeah. It, it yeah. you know, it paces things differently. It intertwines differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has story. It has characters. It's really interesting. So Nice. Yeah. Excellent. Yes. Man, since we were last recorded, it's like I watched the entirety of Demon Slayer. I've been watching Jujutsu Kaisen. I watched a whole bunch of new episodes of that time I got reincarnated as a slime. Uh, you know, just like tons and tons of things. So that's like, ah, what do I talk about? Um, I don't think I'm going to talk about any of the anime today, but I do want to mention that amongst all these different cartoons I've seen, four of them in a row had a moment where a character mentioned another character and it hard cuts to another part of the country where that other character is and they sneeze because that means somebody's talking about them. And the the first time it happened, I'm like, ha, that's cute. And then it happened immediately after that when I flipped to a different program and I'm like, oh, (laughs) wow, okay. And then it happened immediately on the third program and I'm like, this is a thing. And on the fourth time, I'm like, this is a specific cultural thing that every cartoon really wanted to communicate to me right now. Um, and well, just the, in America, there's something like your ears itching. My ears are burning. My ears your, are burning. Yeah. So yeah. it's just a different cultural. The Homer yeah. Simpson, my ears are burning. And she's like, we're not talking about you. No, they're really burning. I put a Q-tip on fire. Because I wanted to see in there, um, yeah. No, so it's 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 an interesting little mini mini thing to see, but it was just the coincidence of just back to back to back. Because yeah, first it was I think in that time I reincarnated as a slime, and then I saw it on Jujutsu, and then I think I saw it on Demon Slayer. I think I I I've seen so many animes in a row that my brain's kind of like which one was which now. But yeah, it's uh, it's just fun. And I would recommend every single one that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Maybe talk more about Demon Slayer. Because I think we need to have an entire episode titled The Rise of the Good Boy. Yeah, and I'll watch Demon Slayer and we can we can uh, have yes. a discussion about that. Because it's been on my list to watch for a while. I just have not been getting into watching anime. I'll pre-warn you. I, I definitely recommend Japanese with English subtitles. Um, some some other people I talked to were doing it in English and they were okay. But there is a character that appears who is a bit much, even in Japanese, to the point where you're like, God, I don't know if I could keep watching this because of this character because he's so, so obnoxious and loud. Um, but to me, uh, like they, they develop that character. I have no idea how he sounds in English, but I can only imagine it's terrible. 
because he screams so much. He's he's a cowardly uh, a cowardly demon slayer who just will not stop screaming and is always afraid. Um, but the best thing is he can actually be the most dangerous one of them when he's unconscious. You know, things like that. I love. Yeah, I mean, anime from back in the day, usually the dubs were not good. And so mm. if you had a character that was kind of annoying, they were really annoying in English because it was not only annoying, but it was bad acting. Yes. And yeah. turned up to whatever, you know. A billion. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it was like ugh. over 9,000. Yes. Yeah. Um, what I will talk about briefly, because I just watched it the other day, is Space Sweepers. And that is a South Korean sci-fi space opera that just popped up on Netflix. Uh, by the time this airs, it I don't mean just two months ago it did. And uh, the uh, hmm, I I liked parts of it. Um, it, <laughs> it 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 has a lot of problems um, in the narrative structure, storytelling, and some other things. The, the basic idea is that we're in the year 2092. Earth is fucked. Um, it's polluted as all hell. And so a very rich man has created like orbiting communities and some of them are nicer than others. And he's basically created a new, uh, social system, a class system where he gets to choose who goes up there. And so only the rich and generally white go up there. Um, and if you are not one of them, you're not a USC citizen or something like that. You are worse than second class. You're like fifth class. You're not allowed to have credit and you're, you live in debt and so on and so on. Um, so the main characters are a group of scavengers or basically they're called sweepers and they're garbage men in space and they retrieve uh, garbage that causes, you know, uh, cause space debris causes accidents. And so they retrieve and they get money off of it. So that is one of the main problems of the entire movie is that it's not very original. It's a hodgepodge of tons of other movies that we've seen. And it's difficult to come up with new ideas. I get that. But like, it's a bit of Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a bit of Planetes, which is a manga and anime that that we love. Mm -hmm. um, it has a bit of Elysium in there. It's it's got a lot of things. It's it's an obvious Frankenstein, and usually you cover up the Frankenstein scars with good storytelling. Right, exactly. So you have to make something a little fresher or newer with right. your writing. Or you bring something those. new to the table. Right. The problem is that it has. It's very disjointed. And the storytelling, basically, it, it it forgets to do proper setups, and sometimes it sets things up without a payoff, or sometimes there's a payoff with no proper setups. And it's frustrating, because it takes away from the good things, which is the main cast. Um, and visually, it's a really sharp movie. Um, a lot of the design work is amazing. The world that they created is interesting. It's just, it can't come together cohesively enough because of the storytelling problems. And, uh, so I, I, I would recommend watching it, but going in with just that knowledge of like, you're going to be watching a popcorn movie that's very pretty. It has some nice character stuff here and there 
But it's just, you're, you're going to be left with too many sequences where you're like, why did that happen? Who's this? What is this? Why is this? Where is this? The the captain of the ship, this uh, the uh, this kind of hardcore lady. At some point early on, I I, I didn't really pay attention the first time, but when I was uh, getting like a screen cap for a review, there's like a scene where like they show her ring, and you're like, okay. And then like way later in the movie, she like takes her ring and she inserts it into her gun, and it starts talking to her, and you're like, so is that a thing? Is like, was there an AI in your ring? Should we care about this AI in your ring? No, not really. You know, there's like a female stormtrooper that's kind of like kind of Captain Phasma vibes, but you barely see her too much. But enough that you're like, is this somebody we're building up? But then by the end of the movie, she shows up for a fight and you're like, okay, but who are you? Why do I care? And I think they say something like, Jeanette's coming or something. That's not her name. I don't know. And I'm just like, so why do we care about Jeanette? Only because we've seen her in two scenes? Yeah, madam. And yeah. then one of the major problems, too, is uh, – so there's a clever idea, which is everybody has translators. So everybody speaks – their own language and the characters all understand each other you read the subtitles so the main cast is speaking korean there's a lot of english speakers and they are all terrible um it's a mixture of they sound bad like it's adr'd in and not well and or some of them are just terrible actors i mean there's a french guy that's speaking english and like it's like i can't tell if it's a guy trying to make a french accent that's trying to speak english or if it's actually a french guy who can't do good english you know things like that there's somebody who is speaking english but their accent is so heavy that they have to subtitle him mm -hmm. but the subtitles don't match up with what he's actually saying sometimes and then sometimes they cut off his subtitles because they're just like ah you get the gist and it's like, I don't. I really don't get the gist of what he's saying. He's so thick. I'm sorry. Uh, that's what she said. Um, and <laughs> uh, so it's just that the, that takes a lot out of it. And the main villain is played by Richard Armitage, who played Thorin in the Hobbit trilogy. And he's a great actor. He is not a great actor in this. And he is also so overwrought that you'd think he came off of Transformers. Uh, <laughs> but he's playing like evil Steve Jobs, which we already got that in one of the James Bonds. They do this weird thing where he's supposed to be the oldest living human, which there's no payoff for that. And he, when he gets angry, he kind of hulks out a little bit. His like veins start to pop and he, he seems like he's going to destroy something. And they keep doing that. And you're like, ah, build up. He's going to be there for the last fight and he's going to hulk up into a big genetically modified monster. Nope. Nope. Um, <laughs> he gets into his very own little spaceship and he kind of goes into the space battle even though he didn't have to. And that's it. That's it. Didn't matter that he hulked out. So. You're not really making a good case for people to watch this. I know. Which is funny because that's how your reviews are. It's like, I mean, still do it. Even though this is terrible, that's awful. This is an empty plot hole. This never goes yes. anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. But, you but know, it's here's purdy. The 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's birdie. <laughs> That's the thing, though. Like, there's there is artistry there, and mm-hmm. I don't want to completely condemn like the people who did hard work yeah. in that completely. You know, and it's like sometimes people just want. A popcorn movie that doesn't have much else. So I just want to be honest and saying like that's what it is. Okay. Um, but but maybe take these things into consideration as you watch it, so that if you are also having bad brain problems like I did, you can identify why brain problems are bad. Yeah. You know, I just want people to have a critical eye towards storytelling. Right. So that we can all have standards, and so that we don't all believe that like. Zack Snyder's Justice League could be a good thing, you know. Um, that there's anything like that. irredeemable to making Superman made of primary colors look like sepia tone. Exactly. Yeah. I just saw like a new thing saying like there won't be many jokes in this new cut. It's just like ah, uh, yeah, it's gonna be uh, dark. Dark, dark. <laughs> Hey, if they if they just Dead replaced parents. <laughs> Dead parents. Martha. <laughs> hey, if they just all started talking like Optimus Prime and the rest of the Autobots during this new series, if Superman is just like, and now we must fight. Steppenwolf, is that his name? Yeah, that's who we're fighting. Okay, yeah. The living pincushion. I feel like you've become the kid on uh, Malcolm in the Middle who always has like deep breaths between everything he says. <laughs> I forget his name, but yeah. Ooh, yeah, I love that kid. Yeah, that that is who I was unknowingly uh, channeling when I was doing all that. That's perfect. Yeah, that is the best version of <laughs> overwrought Transformers asthmatic child from Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Which yeah. is funny to think about that because episode six of WandaVision definitely emulates 90s TV shows using Malcolm in the Middle as the inspiration. Interesting. Yeah. Well, okay. That's good. I've not watched any of that yet. So. But eventually. I'm, eventually I will. Yeah. I mean, you and I, before we started recording, were talking about like a lack of execution. Like I watched um, Willy's Wonderland, which is Nicolas Cage fighting like Five Nights at Freddy's, which was just like the premise alone was like, yes, this is great. And the yes. movie itself is only like 90 minutes. So it's like, yes, that's also good. I don't need two hours of this. Mm-hmm. But it actually could have used less time. It could have probably been done in an hour. And there were a lot of like things that happened that didn't have any payoff, you know, like the bimbo comes to help the main girl um, get out of handcuffs with a bobby pin while the guys all around her are like flailing. And so it's like, oh, the bimbo's actually like a capable woman. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. No payoff. She just goes back to being a bimbo, you right. know. And like Nicolas Cage st- stares down the main animatronic guy, Willie, like throughout the whole movie. But it doesn't mean anything. He's just yeah. staring at him. And he fights him just like everybody else, you know. So right. it's just like a lot of stuff that felt like it had more to it, but then it didn't. And it didn't have, like, it wasn't trying to have, like, humor, you know, like Jennifer's body. If it went that way, it would have been good. If it was more like Evil Dead, the zany version, it probably would have been good, you know. So it's, I still want to support, though, like, you want to support these people. I want to support Nicolas Cage doing weird shit like this. Because I think this is his perfect spot in his acting Mm. career. To just well, do, I mean, like, the over-dramatized Mandy, you know, to do yes. this fighting Five Nights at Freddy's. Like, I'm about this. The man had no speaking roles in this whole movie, and it was <laughs> amazing. It was just him staring and drinking right. soda and playing pinball and cleaning out 
Willy's Wonderland while he fought animatronics, you know, like evil, satanic, you know, animatronics. So it's like, yes, I want more of this. Please don't stop doing this. Just, you know. Take the critiques and move forward and do something better next time, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I think, like, in the past 10 years, he's done, like, dozens and dozens and dozens of movies. And a lot of them don't pop up on the radar because they're not good. Or, you know, so... Or they're more indie, less mainstream, right? He's not doing Con Air anymore. He's done with that time in his life. And we're all better for it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it's kind of like the throw everything at the wall method and see what sticks. And it's just like, you know, that works for you. If you you throw 50 things and you get 10, that's pretty good. Yeah. You know? I'm totally down with it. So, I... I supported this movie. I, I spent 20 bucks on renting it because we can't go to the movie. Well, I guess we technically could go to a movie theater, but I don't know who's playing Why? Willy's Wonderland. Whatever. I, you know, we spent our 20 bucks. We told people, hey, we want more of this, please. <laughs> so, you know, what are you going to do? Well, let's see here. Should we, should we try to sneak in uh, some comic book reviews or do we want to talk about these really weird inappropriate notes I have that I don't even know what they were for anymore. Uh, I think we should go to weird inappropriate notes because okay. I, yeah, we'll do comics later. Yeah. Comics uh, will, future will take a long time for that. I think so something that listeners should know is like sometimes uh, I'll just write notes down and it's a mixture of like, I wrote notes because the idea popped up in the middle of the night and I'm like, I'm going to forget that. And I took my own advice from this podcast, which we didn't even, mentioned the name of our Whatever, podcast. we should write this down. Here, write you're this here down. already. It's yeah, you're fine. here already. Um, and so I wrote things down. And sometimes also I write things down for when I play Jackbox. But, uh, and also so, when you and I are just chatting in general and you go, ooh, we should write this down. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing I wrote down Ensign Gates so that I could remember to do that. There you go. So like, here's a note that says Piranha Erotica. Uh, I don't know. You have no idea know. why you wrote that down. No idea why I wrote that down. And My then, speculation was that it just sounded really good, Piranha Erotica. Yes. Like I it mean, just it has a nice ring to it, you know. Do you think Piranha Erotica is just pictures of bones? <laughs> or Wait, is this erotica for piranhas or is oh, this erotica question. that involves piranhas? Good question. Because there's an, there's an ethic conundrum with yeah, being involved with piranhas. Both of them worry me for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll maybe leave that alone for wiser people to tackle. Yeah, we'll just put yeah. the questions out there, but we won't be on the record for what we're <laughs> Yeah, and then <laughs> we've got a note here. So this one I think was from the last time you and I just Skyped, not recorded, but we were just checking in on each other. Yeah. And I wrote down Primo Cremo, and I have, under that is a note saying, the sloppier the mess, the better. And under that is a pizza company porn. So I think what that was, was instead of – the other direction, which is porno that decides to tell a story through a pizza delivery man, we were like, what if this was like a 90s movie about a struggling pizza company that decided to make porno to help sell its product? And it would use, you know, great titles like the Primo Cremo. The Primo Cremo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we could make an entire thing about that, so that's why I'm just dropping it right now. That's fair. Um, and then, 
Oh, right. And then Daddy Culligan. Uh, that was something that a friend of mine and I pulled together. Uh, did I say Culligan or Cullen? You said Cull- Culligan. Culligan's the water delivery company. <laughs> well, that's a different porno right there. <laughs> Stay anyway, hydrated. Stay hydrated. Uh, no, Daddy Cullen. Because they were referring to Peter Cullen, the voice of Optimus Prime, but they referred to him as Daddy Cullen. And I was like, okay, let's run with that. And so that is also the name of uh, Hasbro's little known foray into uh, dildo and sex toy production. And the Daddy Cullen was a, uh, I guess you would call it a triple changer. And it would be robot mode, dildo, and anal plug. And, uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it would also uh, have some uh, voice chips. And one of the sayings would be, orgasms are the right of all sentient beings. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Sex rights is, yes. is definitely what they would stand for. <laughs> the other audio would be kind of a play on that Lonely Island Atreo bit, you know, Atreo, Atreo. And it would be the voice going, Megatron, 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 Megatron. <laughs> Which circles back to our boys love romance of... Uh, Optimus working at like a DMV and Megatron oh, yeah, needing yeah, yeah, to come yeah, yeah, in yeah. and deal with his license or something like that. Yeah, Queer Eye for the Decepti guy. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 Wait, was that our first episode? That was our first episode. Yeah. Oh, it comes All full comes circle. Full it circle. comes full circle. <laughs> circle. Yeah. <laughs> circle. <laughs> yes. That is uh, one method that you can use with your tongue. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very difficult for Optimus because he's got that face plate. But, That's you know, true. He, he That's does true. have a very handsome chiseled face under there. So Maybe if he, he just... has vibrate mode, that would be a good alternative. Well, the Daddy Culligan model. Daddy Colin model. <laughs> Damn, I'm thirsty, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the yes. Daddy Colin. Coolin. Colin? Yeah, colon. I like colon bun or like colon, like colon semicolon? Bun, like colon bun. The daddy colon. Colon. Uh, does, okay. Colon does have that thing that I forgot because I've been trying to pronounce the name correctly for the last five minutes. So, yes. I thought you originally said colon. So when you were telling me that yes. it was a dildo, I thought it should be a butt plug. Yeah, and that's why he's a triple changer now. There And there we go. <laughs> And the artistry of a triple changer, for those who don't know or collect Transformers, is, you know, when one one figure can take three forms and all the forms look great. And trust me, this one, chef's kiss. <laughs> and well, that's our show. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yep. Thanks for coming. And uh... we always like it when you come. Yes. We what? Do. Uh, this is getting weird. Sorry. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and on this extra Thursday ending, uh, let me just say, uh, let me plug myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you could find more of my writing and stuff at trustyhenchman.com and all of the links attached to that on the front page for my Patreon and Twitter and Instagram and Kofi and whatever. All that stuff. Social media. 
usually we don't uh, talk about as many dildos as we do here. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's, that's probably my fault. <laughs> that's the balance. I, hey, I brought a lot of that. This Action time it was own. you. It's oh, your fault. Yeah, it's all my fault. It's a good fault to have. Yes. But uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my plug and uh, awkward goodbye. Yeah, I guess bye. <laughs> Dildo. <laughs> and goodbye. Plug it. Plug it in. Plug it in. <laughs> <laughs>